This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... A charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Hello and welcome to Monday Scramble. I'm Rex Hoggard and it's my pleasure to be joined right now by Nota Begay who is en route from the Bahamas where he spent last week covering the Hero World Challenge and following pretty much every step that Tiger Woods took. Nota, thank you so much for joining us and let's get right to it. What was your impression of Tiger's first week back in 15 months? Well, first of all, I just I feel really fortunate to have basically been able to watch every single hole that he played throughout the week. I'm I was really curious, along with so many people around the world, as to what we were going to see. And, and to be fair, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, uh, most of the aspects of his game seemed to be in pretty good condition. Uh, he battled a few elements here and there. His putting kind of disappeared for a few holes. Yesterday, his driving kind of disappeared a little bit in round one. And what, what, that's normal. Every player goes through the ups and downs of tournament golf. But... Overall, he was able to hang in there, and if not for the 18th hole, uh, he probably would have played a lot better. That hole just seemed to have his number all week. Now, I watched the coverage. You guys did an awesome job of breaking down Tiger's swing, Tiger's game. You're very close to him. You have seen it throughout all of these changes that he's gone through. The one thing that stood out to you last week, you talked about some things that went wrong. What went right? He made more birdies than anybody in the field. I mean... I think that's the one thing that you have to take a serious look at. Um, it's like um, an NFL team that's trying to create offense. If you can't score, you can't win. And same thing in golf. If you can't make birdies, you're not going to win. And so it's a lot easier to uh, to get rid of the mistakes and make better choices, work your way around certain holes than it is to go out and figure out how to how to make more putts because sometimes it's just a matter of uh, not being able to see those putts drop. But, I mean, the guy made 24 birdies for the week, and I think the next closest was Matsuyama, I think right around 22. So he made more birdies than the guy that won the tournament, and that has to give him a little bit of confidence headed into the holiday. When you look at some of his comments earlier in the week, and I'm not saying that he had downplayed the expectations, but he was honest, it seems like, with reporters when they asked what, what he thought he could do after 15 months off. Now, in retrospect, you look at it, I mean, through two rounds, he was right there in the mix, and you have to think that the competitive juices are definitely still there. Going forward, what are your expectations of Tiger Woods? Well, let's just put it this way, Rex. Um, very few people saw the lowest point. 
I mean, saw when he couldn't walk and couldn't get out of bed. And the future of Tiger Woods golf career was in serious jeopardy after this most recent surgery. So when he talks about or maybe gets um, classified as as downplaying it, I don't I don't even think he knew what to expect. Uh, there were quite a few moving targets with regard to technique, equipment, body, and mind that all figure and factor into tournament golf. And just trying to get an assessment on where he was at in, in those four particular categories is a hard thing to do in just 72 holes. But he went out there and made some major mistakes. But like I said, saw some really good things. And, and when he found the groove with his driver, not only was it straight, but it was right up there with some of the longer hitters in the field. I'm glad you brought up the equipment. We talked a lot about this over the course of the week. He really hasn't gone through a major equipment change like this in probably decades. And he had a new driver in the bag, new three-wood, new golf ball. He talked about that being the most important part. How impressed are you that he was able to find that something, a groove with that driver and get it to click? Well, I always thought that that would be the easiest uh, of the clubs to fit just because all the club technicians, and especially the ones that Taylor made, are so good at being able to find the right combinations of shaft, head weight, loft, and uh, spin with the ball to, to fit the world's best players. And Tiger's very particular about weights. He's very particular about length. And I, I knew that that was a step in the right direction for him. So that didn't surprise me. The, the one part that I think I was most impressed with with regard to the equipment changes, how the ball reacted. It was extremely windy two of the four days, and he plays a ball that spins a little bit more than the average tour player, and it didn't get knocked around in the wind. He was able to control his ball flights and hit penetrating golf shots right into the tees of the wind, which I think is going to really settle his nerve and expectation as far as that ball is concerned moving forward. Earlier in the week, he talked about his decision not to play the Safeway Open earlier this season in Napa. He's shown an impressive level of patience this time around. You're someone that has spent a lot of time with him. What can you say about the idea that he's taking the long view in this particular comeback? Well, I, I think that the whole process has forced Tiger to be a little bit more objective in his, his assessment of himself and his life. And he invested a great deal of time over the last 18 months or so in, in, in spending time with his children and seeing them grow up and attending their school activities, going to a lot of different of their extracurricular activities. And for any father, that will give you a little bit of perspective because they're not really concerned with how you're hitting the golf ball or what you're shooting. They're just concerned is, um, is Daddy going to be here to take me to soccer practice today? And I think that he got a lot of – it gave him a sense of calmness. And I think that Kim coming back uh, allowed him to be a little bit more patient and maybe even a little bit lower the bar with regard to his expectations this past weekend. I think that's what you saw in post-round comments and how he reacted to certain rounds. He was, wasn't as ultra-critical as we've seen him in the past. One of the things that you brought up was how well he drove the ball as the week went on. He seemed to dial in the driver. There was a lot of emphasis last week and going back to last season, 2015, about his short game. He looked particularly sharp. What, what do you make of what he was able to do around the greens? 
I just I think that he's finally come to terms with where he's at from a technical standpoint. And I know there was a lot of discussion around whether or not he had the yips around the green or whether or not um, he's kind of passed his prime with his short game. And he was very adamant to me that it was a, a technical issue. And he worked extremely hard in conjunction with Chris Como to recreate feel, recreate seeing shots and 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 following what your mind is seeing and, and being able to play a little bit more by instinct and then couple that with a, just a couple tweaks on, on the technique. And you saw a very sharp short game, which is only going to get better as he gets more tournament rounds under his belt. Well, coming off this week, obviously looking ahead, a lot of people are curious what we can expect next season. Do you have any idea of what his schedule might look like going into the first part of next year? I don't want you to give away anything, but we kind of speculated. Do you think he would add an event that maybe he hasn't played in the past? Well, you'd love me to give away some, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta try, Noda. Yeah, Gotta try. Tigers, yeah, well, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, Tiger's a creature of habit. I mean, if I were a betting man, I'd probably say he's going to show up in San Diego. Uh, I, I would love to see him play once before then. I don't know where that would be. There's a handful of good places that he could play. I, I think weather would be an issue. I think weather is going to be an issue in San Diego because it can get very cold. And they play on the two courses, so you're usually always seeing off in the morning. So, um, And backs just don't respond. I'm speaking from firsthand information. Backs don't respond well to cold weather. And so uh, that was one of the problems that he dealt with the, the last time he played at Torrey Pines was the, the delays and he couldn't get warmed up and it was just a big fiasco at that point. But hopefully that won't be the case this time around. Well, we did talk about his game and we talked about the aspects of his game that you're impressed with from a physical standpoint. I mean, for 72 holes, he looked very good. What did you make of it? I mean, this is a guy like yourself who's come off of multiple back procedures. Well, as someone that was going out to get an initial assessment on, on where they stood in order to, to set goals and progress as a player, you got to first establish those initial benchmarks, and that's what all this week was. Where's the body? Where's the equipment? Where's the technique? Where's the mind at? Uh, he got a little tired toward the end of a couple of those rounds. A little bit was mental fatigue. A little bit was physical fatigue, and that's going to happen. You cannot recreate tournament conditions playing with your bodies at home. And the more he gets out, the, the sharper he's going to get little by little. And I think that the improvements that I've seen with regard to his body, he's dropped some weight. He's, he's leaned out from a muscle mass standpoint. He's tweaked out some of his different training programs. He's not thrown around heavy weights anymore. He's doing a lot more core work. He's doing a lot more things that I think are conducive to longevity in the sport as someone who's come off of back injuries himself and i know how hard that can be nota it, how impressed are you that he was able to trust his back in a competitive setting yeah that's that's one of the first things that any I mean, if it's back shoulder neck you just you don't know what that first hard swing is going to be like and he got a big test on that on the ninth hole on round one when he missed the fairway left of the green and he had to go up in the that thick brush and, and hack it out of there with a 60-degree wedge and, it on, and really only advanced it about 50 yards. But that was one of those swings where 
I was holding my breath because he had an awkward stance. He didn't have great footing, and you just affect your wrists or your neck or your back, especially swinging through that thick, heavy brush. But to be able to make a swing like that and then play the final three and a half rounds uh, is pretty, pretty encouraging. All right, last Tiger question, I promise. Uh, the odds just came out for the Masters after he finished up on Sunday, and they have him at 20 to 1. Do you like that number? Yeah, I'd take that. <laughs> so you're confident going forward, I guess, is what I'm asking, as far as the state of his game and where he's gone after so much time. I promise off. you he, he, he's not going to be 20 to 1 by the time the Masters gets here. He'll be better. That's my prediction. Oh, it'll be much better than that. All right. Well, I do want to move on to the, the guy who won the tournament. I mean, obviously, Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah, let's give that guy some credit. He kicked everybody's butt. I, I agree with you. The, the part that stands out about me is he is sixth in the world right now after that win. He's won four of his last five starts. Is he in that conversation when we talk about the best players in the game right now, Rory, Jordan, DJ, all of these guys? Do we have to put Hideki in that conversation now? Um, I think we do, but we we absolutely don't have him in that conversation right now. I think that it's, it's a challenge that we see on the LPGA and it's a challenge that we see on the PGA Tour is that uh, many of the Asian-born players don't get, get the amount of credit that they deserve. They're putting in the same work. They're doing the same sorts of things that many of the American players or the more popular players are doing, but they don't get as much credit. And I think that if we were to put Hideki's accomplishments under Dustin Johnson or Jordan Spieth's name and and just kind of say, well, what do you think of this? I think we'd be blown away. But um, that taken aside, you really have to take your hat off to this guy because he has set as a goal in his mind since his rookie year on the PGA Tour to, to be the best golfer he could be. He's not a media darling. He doesn't acquiesce to all the demands of the Japanese media. He, he marches to his own beat. And that guy's focused on winning golf tournaments, and it's paying off right now. He's an ultra-talented ball striker, and, uh, again, he's one of those guys that he, if he putts average, he can win. But if he putts great, he can really blow away fields, and that's what you saw this past week. I mean, seven-shot lead with 18 holes to go is against literally 18 of the best players mm -hmm. in the world, 10 players from this past year's Ryder Cup. Uh, that's quite extraordinary. What part of his game stands out? I mean, I think you touched on the idea that, look, American fans just don't pay enough attention to this guy. He is a stud. But what part of his game are you, do you look at and you think, wow, that is something? His iron play. I mean, he's, he's not long. He's long enough. Um, so, but, so we're not looking for him to power, for his power. But it, it's simply the, short, the shorts and the mids. I mean, he is extraordinarily good with those golf clubs. And it's evident you look at some of his proximity to whole staff. And then you couple that with an improved short game that he really invested a lot of time in two years ago. And that has sort of closed the gap between him being a sort of top 50-ranked player in the world to now being a top 10-ranked player in the world. And to anybody out there who has aspirations of playing the PGA Tour, this kind of stuff doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. I mean, it's sort of stuff that appears to happen overnight because we, we don't hear about these players one day and the next day they're winning three out of four tournaments and setting the world on fire. But this, this whole 
reinvention or or recommitting to certain elements of his game started quite some time ago. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. If we're driving down Magnolia Lane starting today, the Masters starts Dustin this Johnson. week. All right, Dustin Johnson. What about your top? Give me the next four. <laughs> I agree with you on that one, but give me the next four. Can I just say Dustin Johnson thing four times? Four times. All right, that's fair enough. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Rex. Uh, I would, I would say rejuvenated Phil Mickelson after getting the monkey off his back at Hazeltine would have to be up there. Uh, would definitely put Jordan Spieth in that category, and uh, I'm going to put Tiger Woods in the fourth spot. Nice. All right. Well, you said you would, so I'm glad you lived up to it. Noda, I know you're in transit. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you can catch your flight. And you, you got the upgrade, right? You're fine? Oh, absolutely, Rex. All the time I put in for Golf Channel. Jeez, I hope I got an upgrade. Got it. Got to get the upgrade. Have a great <laughs> holiday. Appreciate it, Noah. All right. You too. I'll see you. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Monday Scramble. We'll see you next week. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.